Like, look at all these celebrities who are vegan. Look at all these people who are proud to be vegan because it's good for the, the, the animals, the environment, and, and human health. And so I, I, I just wanted to create something that, you know, would give veganism a bit of an, an uplifting spirit and a bit of a facelift because I think we need it. Welcome to the Vegan Manly Man Podcast. What is going on, guys? Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Jake Singer, and I'm your host for the Vegan Manly Man Podcast. The show where we talk about self-growth, plant-based living, and sharing the message of love, compassion, and peace for all beings. On today's show, we're going to hear from the man who's traveled all around the world documenting the rise of veganism with some of the biggest names in the movement. He's an animal rights activist, filmmaker, and full-time world traveler. Through his latest project as director of the new docu-series Planet Vegan, He traveled to over 15 countries in the past year, documenting the rise of veganism around the world in an effort to reshape the public's view on the vegan lifestyle. A self-described travel-addicted vegan nomad looking to do whatever it takes to make an impact in the world, we'll hear his amazing stories and insight from his travels, as well as what he's learned from some of the biggest game changers in the vegan movement. Please welcome to the show, Planet Vegan director and filmmaker, James Hoot. What is up, everybody? Jake, that was that was a hell of an intro, man. Thank you. <laughs> I was really worried there that I was going to mess up on one word and have to do the whole thing over. Dude, <laughs> you did great. That was perfect. Right on, man. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it, man. Um, we recently just like linked up on social media and, you know, I got to kind of figure out what you're doing in this in this vegan movement and the little docuseries you got going on. Well, I shouldn't say little. It looks like it's freaking amazing and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be huge. Um, and I saw the trailer and it looks amazing. So, um, But yeah, again, man, just uh, very grateful that you're here on the show and we're going to get to hear your insight from everything you've been doing for the past year. Grateful to be here, man. Let's get it started. Cool, man. So on all my shows, I like to start with a heavy hitter question. And kind of go deep into who you are as a person so that way we can kind of deconstruct from there see how you got to that answer so what is your mission statement for life what do you want your impact to be while you're here on earth so i think um you know if if i could tell people anything it's that the situation we're in right now is far too dire to to sit back and watch it happen i think right now if we really look objectively at the situation that humanity is in uh, we are currently making decisions that may decide whether or not there's species left within the next hundred years, you know, on planet Earth. And so I think each and every one of us really, really needs to, you know, take a look at what's important in life and start making decisions based on that. Um, and I think veganism is, is something that I found quite recently. I've been, you know, vegan for about two years. Um, and it's something that the second that I went vegan, I knew it was the right thing. And I, I knew that it was something I wanted to dedicate my life towards. Um, and so, you know, if, if I can have any impact, that's, that's the biggest thing is like each one of us needs to find our own individual voice and kind of, you know, use, use that voice to, to impact this movement and to grow this movement and to get more people on our side. Because I think, you know, in every single one of us, there is compassion for animals. There is compassion for the planet and our ecosystem, and we just have to unlock it. And I think, you know, that's the biggest thing, you know, with, with filming the series, I've, I've been able to focus so much on the positive side of veganism. And I've, I've gotten to learn so much about like, you know, a lot of the hope that's that's kind of backing this movement and, you know, also like the, the good vibes and the, and the really, you know, hardworking people. Um, and I, I, I just want to really, really help people understand that this is, you know, this isn't really an option. This is a necessity. Um, and, you know, if I can if I can use my voice to in some way make people understand that or help people understand that, 
um, that, you know, that would be the ultimate goal for me. I love that, man. That's amazing. Um, there's a couple of key things you said in there that really resonate with me, especially everybody having that innate compassion and just being able to unlock it. And you're right, man. The, the timing of things is, is really dire. It is a necessity. And sometimes it's hard to convey that message without seeming that you're being overly pushy towards someone. But, you know, really there are, you know, things happening on this earth right now that won't be able to be undone if we keep going at the rate that we are. And so this is a dire situation and it is critical for anyone out there who is living this lifestyle. And, you know, you want to make yourself more vocal, more present and have an impact, you know, do anything you can be an advocate, be an activist in any way, because it is all needed. And, you know, maybe not everyone's going to go out and make an amazing film or, you know, do a podcast or, or something like that. But even just impacting one person, whether it's somebody in your family or a friend, uh, they, they may go on to inspire hundreds or if not thousands of people. And, and like you said, it is desperately needed. Yeah. And, and it's so important that none of us, you know, underestimate the power that we have. Um, and that's something that like, you know, in, in street outreach, we always tell people is like, is like, we, we feel so powerless all the time to these industries. But in reality, we're so powerful. We have the opportunity to completely shape, you know, the future. And I think that's what right. each and every one of us is trying to do is, is we actually have so much power and, and we need to like inspire each other to use that voice that we all have. Yeah, absolutely. And one of our biggest tools that we have is our dollar. You know, yeah, yeah. we vote with our dollar. What, what are you buying? You know, what are you paying for? Um, that literally keeps these industries alive. Exactly. You know, I mean, you could dive into kind of the, you know, go government corruption, all that stuff and subsidies and all that. But Besides that, you know, as far as what true capitalism is, your dollar is the lifeblood of a company. So if you stop buying their products, they're not going to survive. Right. It's pretty simple, right? Pretty simple. Cool, man. So what led you to become a filmmaker? Man, <laughs> that is an interesting question because really this is like, this is completely new to me. And so I've had to kind of learn all the mistakes and, uh, and work through them. Um, I, I've been a photographer pretty much my whole life. I've had a camera in my hand. My, my grandfather gave me a camera when I was like 11 years old and I was kind of immediately hooked. Uh, and then when I was in college, I started traveling. Um, I, I mean, I kind of, we went like, we did a study abroad trip down to Chile. Uh, and I remember having my camera there and just falling in love with travel photography. And then I got back to college and I was a broke college student. So I started doing like photo shoots basically for, for beer money, like 20, 30 bucks a shoot. And I built like a little portfolio together of just like, dude, and the photos, if you look back on them now, it's so bad. Like, <laughs> like I put, I'd put this like yellow overcast on all the photos cause I thought it was like the hot look. It's the worst thing ever. So I, I've, I've learned quite a bit since then. I will say that. Um, but then after that, I ended up uh, just applying for some random job out in Hawaii that I found on Craigslist, uh, and I got it. And I, I was in Hawaii three days after, um, and I was shooting, wow. you know, shooting full time for a, for like a startup photography company out in Hawaii at a at a resort hotel. Uh, and like over the summer, I was working like I remember one time I went like 58 days without a day off, and I was usually shooting from 6 a.m. until midnight. Uh, like shooting and editing. And it was just like this really cool kind of hustle time for me. Um, yeah. And then I ended up quitting that job to travel full time, stuck with photography. Uh, and then I was, I was living in uh, Tenerife in the Canary Islands in, in, in Spain. Um, and this was last January. And I, was, I, I meditate in the mornings. And, I, and you know, the whole point of meditation is to let your thoughts kind of go and to not hold on to them. 
And this thought came in as I was meditating and it said like, film a documentary about veganism. And of course, like, I was like, just let it go, let it go. And then like a couple seconds went by and I was like, wait, holy shit. And I like reeled it back in. I was like, this could be like, <laughs> this could be like a really cool thing. And like, I just started sending emails out. Um, and I think by the end of the day, I had enough for like a documentary. And by the end of the week, I had enough for a full series and started just kind of putting together the pieces of how I could do this. Um, and so then I bought a bunch of film gear and had never picked up a cinema camera or anything like that. Um, so I just, I just kind of like jumped right into it, man. It was, it was a little scary, um, but I did have a, a, quite a lot of photography experience and that saved me. Um, cause it meant, it meant that I was comfortable holding a camera and using a camera and things like that. Um, right. but, but yeah, I mean, basically zero filmmaking experience. Um, so it's been quite the ride. That's amazing, man. And I love the, I love the fact that you hustled for just 58 days straight and just, you yeah. know, cause especially <laughs> when you're doing something you're passionate about. I mean, you know, there's, um, there's something called flow when, yes, yes. When the challenge of what you're doing equals your skill and so like it's challenging enough to keep you going um and then you just get into like this point where like hours and days go by and you don't even realize it and you've just been doing all this work yeah you can get so much done you know so much done that was not the most anxiety free time in my life i will say that much it was a oh, really yeah, it was a really not. amazing I mean, experience <laughs> and like i got to learn a lot about like hard work i guess but that was a that was a killer time for sure and I'm a photographer myself. Sweet. I have, oh, to, that's right. yeah, I have yeah. to ask. Yeah, I have to ask just because I'm a I'm a gear nerd. What kind of camera do you shoot with? Uh so now I actually don't even travel with a with a photo camera. I shoot on two GH5s. Um and then I used to shoot just on a 6D and then in the studio I had a like a 5D Mark III. Um so you know, the 5D Mark III when I was using it was a few years back, so that was like a pretty high, like a high-end camera now, but not even so much now. For sure. But the the GH5s um have absolutely blown my mind in every way um in it, like i i can't believe the quality that these cameras are able to put out um yeah we we don't we won't go bore everybody with with camera details yeah. <laughs> but if anyone ever wants to just like jump up and start filming a documentary gh5 no question that's awesome yeah i've heard, I've heard a lot of good things about it but yeah you're right we we don't want to bore people here uh, because i could literally go on for hours talking yeah about yeah yeah here, me too i had to ask <laughs> yeah Th that's awesome man so and you just randomly found this job on Craigslist. Like where were you living at the time? So I had just graduated college. I went back home to, I, I grew up in Maryland and I graduated college from North Carolina, Wilmington, moved back home and was like building a deck as like a summer job. And, uh, and I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> like I can do, I can do better than this. And, uh, and I was looking to move to Portland, Oregon. And so I was looking on Portland, Oregon Craigslist. At the same time, there was a startup photography company in Hawaii, and they had basically used up all of the photographers in Hawaii. So they were looking to outsource photographers from the west coast of the US out to Hawaii. So they had posted on Portland, Oregon Craigslist, and I happened to see the post. And it was like, this company was like made up of geniuses, but they were just a little sketchy because like the ad literally said photographer needed in Hawaii. That was it. And I was like, dude, I'm getting scammed. Like this is a joke. But I applied. And then I ended up having a call with like their like director of like, uh, you know, the coordination or something like that. And I like right. I was like, holy shit, this sounds real. Like this actually like might be a real thing. And then like four days later, I was in Hawaii. It was a, it was a crazy, crazy thing. Like four days later, like, yeah. and, and then you just figured everything else out. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, it there, was, it was like, not the easiest thing. Like I, they didn't like, they didn't pay for my flight. They didn't pay for accommodation, nothing like that. They were a total startup. And like, so, but it was amazing. Like I could not have done this without the support of my parents. Cause they told me they were like, look, here's the deal. We know you don't have any money. 
but go out there and like hypothetically this ends up being a scam or something like that and you end up you know completely out on your own just stay in hawaii for a month like get like a get like a little place on the beach or camp or something like that and then and then we'll get your flight back and you can come home start yeah. from scratch and find another job and right. so like that was a huge support system for me because i couldn't have done it you know if my if they hadn't told me that so props to my parents that was a, that was a big wow thing. yeah yeah, I guess worst case scenario, you get a you know vacation in Hawaii. Month in Hawaii, <laughs> exactly, and that's how I looked at it. And then I got there, found out it was legit, and it was cool because I was working at the. It's now the number one hotel in Hawaii. Some of the rooms are ten grand a night, and so wow. like people would like it. It was cool because I just got to go out and like more than anything, like people that are like really. And by the way, I could never afford to stay there in my entire life. I never will. Just want to say that. But it was cool to work there and like meet these people because. When you have that much money, you don't really care so much about the product as much as like the experience behind it. And so I'd right. go out and it would just be like, I like I, I got really good at like storytelling and I'd teach people all about like where they could go on the island to do the best cliff jumping. And like it was like it was like James comedy hour. And it was cool because like <laughs> I just got I I'd just go out and then people would leave like like a five hundred dollar cash tip. And they were like, this was so much fun. Thank you. And I'm like, you just paid my rent. Like, do you have any yeah, right. idea what you've just done for me? Like, it was a crazy thing. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I love the fact that it's like, it seems like the best things come out of like, like the craziest or seemingly the craziest decisions. But yeah, you know, just yeah. a lot of times it just takes that leap of faith, right? You got to risk it for the biscuit, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm going to start saying that for I sure. I don't know who said that or why I thought of it in this moment, but I do like that phrase. That's awesome. Well, cool, man. That's super awesome to hear how everything has led up to you creating this docu-series, at least in the sense of being a filmmaker. But what inspired you to go vegan? Good question. Um, so I went vegetarian um, when I, first off, I, I mentioned I was, I was trying to save money and, and saw that like meat was totally unnecessary. I started kind of like looking into the, into like the, really like the, um, the money side of it, which is a weird thing, but I, that, that was my big thing is I wanted to travel. And so I wanted to save money. And then I started looking into the health side of it and it was like, dude, I, I, holy shit. Like I don't need to eat meat. I don't need to eat. Like I, I hadn't made the, you know, dairy or eggs connection yet, but I, I saw that and I was like, okay, I'll just stop buying it and I'll buy beans or something like that. Um, and then that led me to be more curious about vegetarianism. And then, uh, like a few weeks after I stopped buying meat, I, um, I watched Cowspiracy uh, and it's really cool, actually, because Kip Anderson has now told me he's going to, like, try and help me get the get the series, like, progressed a bit through through different networks. And Kip Anderson is oh, like, that's amazing. I mean, he's, he's the guy. He's, he's probably the reason I became vegan. You know, he, he started me on that path. But I watched Cowspiracy yeah. and it was cool because I, I connected with him a lot in the film because I always was like the kid in college that got made fun of for recycling everything. And like I would like go into the like we even made a parody, parody video in college when uh it was like we went to school in like a little beach town and we made this parody video where like I like dive into the water uh, in the ocean in the middle of winter. It was freezing and I like dive into the water. <laughs> I, I had like a wetsuit on underneath. It was all staged, but I dive into the water to get like a plastic bottle out because we were doing like some sustainability video. But that, I, I really did have that mindset all the time of like trying to be super sustainable. And then I learned about the environmental impact of, of, of mainly beef, but also, you know, other, other, other meat products. And it was just like, Immediately, I was done. Overnight, I was like, all right, no more. Uh, you can't right. do this. And so that kind of led me to get more and more curious. I was vegetarian for a year and a half, and then I started traveling full-time through Latin, uh, Latin America and South America. 
And uh, then when I was in South America, what I was doing is I was partnering with, to keep my costs down, I would partner with like hotels and hostels and uh, restaurants. And so I'd basically take pictures of like their rooms or their food or whatever it was, and they'd let me stay for free. That's how I traveled so cheap. And that's why I was able to do it, you know, for so long for so cheap. Um, But I remember I was in Argentina and I ended up just randomly kind of finding a, a, a vegan restaurant. And I was like so in love with the owner's energy. And she was just this really like, she was probably in her 40s, but she looked like 25. And she was just yeah. super amazing. And I remember talking to her in like broken Spanish and just being like, like I kind of want, I want to try this out. Um, and then I, I didn't really make the full connection. And then when I was in, um, I, I kind of started the steps towards going vegan, but I wasn't like a proud vegan. And then when I was in Bolivia, I was in a street market. And um, what they do in Bolivia is, and a lot of the South America street markets is they slice the, or they cut the heads off the animals and lay them out on tables so they can show like how fresh the meat is. Uh, and then I remember seeing that and like, it, it just hit me so hard. Cause I, you know, I'd seen slaughterhouse footage. I'd seen things like that online, but like watching someone cut the head off of an animal and then like display the head proudly, uh, it, it, yeah. it impacted me so profoundly, man. And, and immediately right there, not only did I decide that I was like a, like immediately vegan, like vegan hands down, like proud vegan, but that I was an activist and I was going to devote my life to this. And that was the real like, turning point for me. And it took me a while before I kind of, you know, found street activism and, and, and filming the series and all of that. But that was definitely the, the inspiration behind it. Yeah, man, that's, I feel like I had a similar experience, not in the sense of, you know, what your story is, but in the sense of, um, having that profound like moment of knowing like, okay, like not only am I a vegan now, but I'm going to do everything I can for the rest of my life to try to, you know, stop this suffering. And it was, for me, it was right after I watched, um, the film earthlings. Oh yeah. And yeah. And for anyone who's, I've talked about a bunch on this podcast, but for anyone who's seen it, you know, it's, it's a very powerful documentary. And I just remember like after I was done, it's just like, just had like a moment of silence. I was like, all right, that's it. That's it. Yeah. This is, this is my obligation now. It's my duty to, you know, go forth and, and do what I can to, to stop this. I I really like the quote. Um, I don't know who said it, but it's, it's rent is the, sorry. Uh, activism is the rent that I pay to live on this earth. And I think that's a really, really beautiful statement because like we, we don't, you know, we don't just deserve this earth. You know, we, we, we have to, you know, we have to work in partnership with it in, in symbiosis. And I think that's a huge thing that we've totally lost as a species is this feeling that, you know, this isn't ours. Um, and like, that's a huge part about activism, man, is, 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 you know, taking a stand against that and saying like, look, like, I think, yeah, I think every one of us has, has the, has the duty to be active. And, that, and that's, that's yeah. a huge thing. If, if each one of us vegans that become active can inspire others to get active, that's the biggest thing we can do. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I like that quote too. Yeah. And I feel like actually people people who are scared of change, you know, because they don't want to change their habits. But I actually feel like um, if they open their mind to some of this stuff, you know, it would give them a, a purpose um, outside of themselves. And I feel like that is super fulfilling to yes. have that in life. Yep. Yep. Uh, more than, I think more than feeling anything Feeling like else. you're a part of something bigger, you know, yep. literally creates happiness. It's, it's so awesome to be able to give back and feel like, okay, like I'm doing something good for the earth for other people, something that's outside of myself. So like every day when you wake up, it's not like, Oh, okay. Like why am I going to get out of bed today? You know, because sometimes when it's you against you, you have no reason. Right. But when it's like, okay, like why am I going to get up today? Oh, well I have to go be an, you know, activist or, or be an advocate for this cause. So I have work to do. I think that's an interesting thing you said about, um, 
about happiness because I, I, I will, to be honest, I, I don't think that activism had, has made me happier. I think, I, I, I'm, and I'm sure most vegans have noticed this, the second you wake up to this atrocity, it's super difficult. It's like, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if you've heard of Dystopia by Claire Mann, but like she basically explains that, you know, it's, it's we wake up to this dystopia of veganism, of living in a non-vegan world. And it's like, that's, it's, it's hard, man. It's really, really hard to walk through grocery stores now. You know, like that used to be, you know, something that I enjoyed doing. And now like I walk through the dairy section and the smell itself is enough to like really upset me. But I have yeah. never been more fulfilled in my entire life. And I've never felt like I have meaning until I became an activist. Like, as right. you said, every day now we wake up and, and it's no longer a question of, 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 you know, who am I living for? Like the answer's so clear. Yeah, man. And you're still early on in your journey, you know, only being vegan for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm around in six and a half years now. Yeah. And like you get to a certain point where you get kind of hardened, you get, you know, calloused yeah, in yeah. the sense of, um, you know, like, you know why you're still doing things, but um, the initial shockwave or like the, you know, post-traumatic stress, whatever you want to yeah, call it yeah. from, from opening your mind up to what's actually going on, it, it subsides a little bit and you're able to really focus more on like, okay, like what do I need to just keep doing? And, 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 and yeah, and you, I mean, I find happiness in a lot of other areas of my life, but yeah. doing the, the activism or the advocacy, it, it does bring me fulfillment. And I'm, I, I think less about the stuff that I saw when I first turned, you know, like the gruesomeness um, because it's it's so hardwired in my brain now of why I'm doing this and the fact that I'm going to do it for the rest of my life that I can focus so much more on the positive things. So, you know, for anyone listening, if you just switched to a vegan lifestyle and you're feeling, you know, you're feeling down, or you're feeling like very lost and alone. And there, there are times where I feel like that as well. But just you got to keep hanging on and just understand that it, it will get better, especially as the rise of veganism is, you know, coming full force yeah. now. Um, it's way easier now than it ever was. Yeah. It's so, so freaking easy, man. <laughs> yeah. You just got to keep, you just got to keep going, man. Um, and, and always focus on the solution rather than, you know, make yourself aware of the problem and then focus on the solution. Don't focus yeah. on the problem. So definitely, definitely. That's good advice. <laughs> Thanks brother. So let's take it back to your story. So you're in Hawaii, you're, you know, you started this vegetarian lifestyle to save money. Um, obviously that leads you down the path of living vegan when you're traveling. When did you decide to travel the world? Obviously you made this rash decision to, you know, move to Hawaii and be a, f a photographer, but was there like a breaking point where you just decided to drop everything you had there and then start traveling or it's, it's, I, I love the phrasing of that question actually, because I, <clears throat> my old Instagram handle was drop everything and travel. Um, because that's like, that's what I realized I was doing, but it's, it's funny actually. So Hawaii, I, I left, I left Hawaii and moved out to park city, Utah. Um, with the company I was at, we started like a new venture in, in Utah trying to do like ski photography, uh, which was honestly a total disaster for all of us. Uh, and it just didn't work, but it, what it did was I ended up being like, cause when I was in Hawaii, I had like my own little office and like, I, I like could just edit and chill. But in this new hotel, which was not the greatest hotel, I was like, I was, um, I, I was in the lobby. And so I was like, always had eyes on me and all this stuff. And like the, I was never busy. It was just boring as hell. And so I had all this time to A, ski and B to like, like start researching stuff. And so like I was sitting at a desk and I think that happens to a lot of people. You're sitting in like an unfulfilling job because I went from Hawaii where I was so busy 
and like was really loving it and like the weather was perfect and everything was great to this you know same job but a different a much different description and within it and um and i just you know was super unfulfilled and so i remember one day i looked into like how much money do i need to save to travel the world for a year um and it, it ended up being something like 10 grand um and i thought to myself like 10 grand like i can save that in a year if i really really yeah. really try like that's not that hard people making you know $40,000 a year, which is, you know, in, in the US, like not a big salary for someone who's doing like a management position or a director position or something like that. Like $40,000 is like probably an average salary for someone with, with a degree. If your rent isn't super high, you can you can save that if you really, really stick to it and drop, you know, the other stuff that's using up your income. And so I, I was like, all right, let's see if I can do this. And so I just put six, six months um, into it. I got really into like fitness. I, I joined a gym. Uh, I ended up actually moving out to California with the same job. Um, and that's when I took it, started taking it really seriously. I, um, I had like roommates who I was really good friends with and they were always pissed at me cause they were like, dude, will you please come have a beer with us? I was like, no, <laughs> not tonight guys. I'm staying in right. saving money, have fun, not traveling in six months. And so like, that was really my goal is I just made it like, this is going to happen if you like, uh, you know, kind of make your life a little bit less convenient now. Um, and so that's, that's really all it was. And so I just... You know, I, I really, I just did what I could. I, I was, I, I joined like a gym, which was like 10 bucks a month out in, in California. And I just, I, I was working out like every day and got really into fitness. And that's when I started getting more into like, into veganism. I was still definitely vegetarian, but definitely exploring like vegan food at least. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that, that's, all, that's all it took really was just kind of putting my head down and being like, all right, you know, um, it, but it, it all started with that kind of unfulfilling job where I, I had this new position that wasn't doing it for me. And I just started asking questions. Yeah. Wow, man, that's crazy. And I mean, obviously you've been to how many countries now? Uh, for the series is like 15, I think probably like 35 in total or something like that. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. So when you decided, okay, like now you're, I'm, I'm going to go travel, you had the money saved up, everything like that. Did you, did you have like a game plan as far as like where you were going to go? Or did you just kind of pick somewhere and then start? There, there was a moment where like I, especially back then I was not like a spiritual person. Um, I was like, I wasn't like anti-spiritual, but I would hear people say things about like the universe and synchronicity and be like, you're nuts. Um, <laughs> but I think since, since like my travels and like, especially South America, I've come around a little bit and started joining on that boat a little bit more. But I was, I was working at, um, when I was out in California, I had a friend who, not even really a friend. It was this girl I met one, like one night in, in college um, and we like went to a party and like totally hit it off and we're like, like good friends that one night. And then for some reason we like never spoke again. Um, and it was like, it was just the weirdest thing. Like we had different friend groups or something and it just never worked out. And, um, I knew that she had like quit her job to go travel and she went to Patagonia in, in, I think she was in the Chilean side. So she went down to Patagonia and I remember on Facebook seeing her pictures and I was just like blown away by like yeah. everything she posted. And I was like, holy shit, Patagonia is where I'm going. Um, and so one day I was at work in, in California and I was, again, I was at another hotel, which I wasn't a big fan of. Um, and I, I, the company I was with ended up making me like manage two hotels for no extra money. So I was doing twice the work. And so this whole thing ended up leading up to me just being like, all right, it's getting to be the time where like I, I quit this thing. Um, and so anyway, I, I was on Facebook one day, just like looking at her profile, looking at all these amazing pictures. And I started sending her a message and I'm typing it out and, and like, I'm like, hey, like I saw you went to Patagonia. I'm really interested. Let me check that out. As I'm typing this, she sends me a message. I shit you not. And it's like, 
like two pages long, this message. And I'm like running through it. And so what happened is she was at a yoga retreat, like a meditation and yoga retreat in Mexico. And they needed a photographer to come down there and do a 10 day silent meditation um, in trade for like a week of photos or something like that. And I saw, I got this and immediately I was like, boom, that's it. That's my out. That's what I'm doing. And so like, I think I called my boss like that day and told him I'm out in two weeks. Uh, we'll find a position for, we'll find someone to take my place, but you can't like, I'm, I'm out in two weeks. And so like three weeks later I was in Mexico and like, and like this, I had not started meditating yet. And so I, I went down there and did like a 10 day meditation. It was absolute hell and so hard, but very like fulfilling as well. Um, and so that's kind of, that's what started me off. And then after, after Mexico, I went home and then found a super cheap flight to Iceland. So I just went to Iceland for a week and then got home and, and then went to Latin America uh, for like three months and then, and then came back and then uh, went, sailed to Cuba and then went through South America for six months and kind of, it keeps going from there. So it's just, it started off as just, oh, I want to travel for a year and now it's just become a, a never ending journey. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I'll be <laughs> honest though, man, there are so many parts of me that are like ready to have like an apartment and like a set of cutlery that's mine, if that makes sense. And <laughs> yeah. like a, and like a washing machine. If you know, like there's just these little things that like, like Lena is, is the name of my girlfriend and we, um, we like, like we realized, so we're, we're heading to Bali and we have three weeks and we, we met, uh, we've been dating for about eight months and we met at the Animal Liberation Conference last year in, um, in California. For any activists or vegans looking to get active listening to this, please, 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 if you're in the US or even not, consider going to the Animal Liberation Conference held by DXE in California. It's in May and it is the most amazing thing ever. Anyway, so we met there and we're, we realized the other day that we have three weeks together in Bali in like one Airbnb. And it is the longest time we will, we will have spent in one place since we met each other like uh, eight months ago. Like wow. three weeks is the longest time, 20 days. And so like it's, it's amazing to travel and see all these places. But I would love to figure out a more sustainable way where maybe I can like film for like six months out of the year. And then like have a place to like work with an editor and do all those things for the other six months. Because I would love to have like some structure in my life. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for both. I love traveling, but then yeah. at the end of a trip, I also love coming home and Absolutely. Like getting into yeah. a routine again. So. Yeah. so what's been your uh, favorite country so far? Oh, boy. Um, I know, that's a tough question. That's a tough <laughs> question. I think the one that really set me off was Iceland because I, I, like, I got home from, from this meditation retreat and was like t- feeling really lost. And then I found like it was a it was a three hundred dollar round trip flight from from like my hometown to Iceland, and I remember seeing that and I was like, holy shit! Like I can go to Iceland for three hundred bucks, and I like booked it like that day. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing! And I started looking at pictures of Iceland, and it was just me, and it was the first time I'd ever really traveled like totally alone. Um, and I rented a car and did like a road trip through Iceland, and the whole experience was the just greatest week of my entire life. It was the first time I'd ever tried the photography trades with like hotels. And like a couple yeah. of hotels I stayed at were like five star, beautiful hotels. And all I had to do was, you know, which was simple for me is like press a shutter button a couple times. And like I got right. to stay there for a night. And every night of the seven days I was there, I got to, I stayed at like a different place, like a two hour drive away. And I got to see so much of the country. Um, and, it, and Iceland's, it's just one of the most beautiful places on, in, in, on the world, in, in the world, I think. I, it's, just, it's just stunning. In every corner you turn, like in, in, on a road trip, you're just sitting there like, I can't believe this is a real place. Um, yeah. The second that I always mentioned was Ecuador. 
Ecuador was like like untouched kind of by tourism, but still enough structure where it wasn't it didn't feel particularly unsafe. Um, and it was just like the most beautiful place. I had such a good time in Ecuador. So Ecuador and Iceland are my two that I'm picking for now. That's awesome, man. I, I've been to Iceland. Uh, oh, it, sweet. I agree. It's amazing. It's amazing, dude. It's so uh, beautiful. Seriously. Man. And like, I mean, that was on my bucket list was to see the Northern Lights. Yeah. So I had to do it. And it's so cheap. I mean, you said you got your flight for $300. I flew, I'm from Pittsburgh. I flew from Pittsburgh round trip for $215. Jeez, man. That's yeah. nothing. That's amazing. So, I tell people all the time, like people say, oh, traveling's so expensive. And then like, I don't know, like especially people on the East Coast, I'm like, oh, where are you going on vacation? Like, oh, we're going to rent a beach house in Ocean City, Maryland exactly. and spend $1,000 for the week. Exactly. I'm like, for $1,000, you could literally go to anywhere in Europe. Yep. You can't. You know, you just have to put the effort into looking it up and just. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people, I think like. They, they see it as so unrealistic because it might be a little scary. I don't know that. But I think that a lot of people like travel is travel. Yeah. No doubt. Especially solo travel. It's a scary thing, man. And once you do it, you're like, oh, this isn't bad at all. But to do it the first time, like I was petrified, man. I was like really yeah. scared to be like, holy shit, like I'm selling my things. Like, but even like a short term trip, like even, you know, a one week trip to Europe or two weeks, hopefully. Yeah. One week short. But like even a two week trip, like it's a long flight. It's a big chance that like something could go wrong and you're in a foreign country. And I think a lot of people are scared. Um, yeah, you don't have to be like the, the amount of fulfillment that awaits you once you get past that initial fear, just dive in, man. I couldn't have said it better, man. Honestly, I was so scared. The first, uh, international trip I went on, yeah. um, or at least across the ocean was to Ireland. And I mean, cool. like you're talking about one of the easiest transitions of, you know, everybody speaks the language and yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's more or less you have all the commodities that you have in the States. And I was just I was so scared. Yeah. I was so scared of just, you know, I remember the first time I drove my car into Canada. I was yeah, so scared, right. like stuff like that, like little stuff that, that you think is going to be such a big deal. Yeah. And it and it ends up being like the littlest thing that and then you're just like, really? Like I was worried about that. And then. You just like, yeah. you just find so much growth in it because so just putting growth, yourself man. into uncomfortable situations, like it brings so much growth and fulfillment. And that's a huge thing is like, I, I, I used to be like, I definitely look at myself as I used to be like a scared, a scared person. Um, and like, I was just, I was worried all the time about things. And I still, of course, have my worries. You know, I've, I have a lot on my plate, but like, man, like, like traveling and beating yourself up over things and sleeping on $3 a night hostel beds in Guatemala and shit like that. Like by the yeah. end of it, you're like, like there's nothing to fear like i mean like you know i'm also incredibly privileged and have like a ridiculously privileged life and like very few people in this world very few people and animals can say that you know life is is an easy experience and it you know it certainly hasn't been easy but like it's it's been very fulfilling and like very very exciting and like i now realize like there's not a whole lot of things that i i can't handle you know like it's once you really start traveling you start you just get this confidence where it's like yeah. you know like like um and my girlfriend, she, uh, she like, she struggled with flying throughout her life. And she, she just like, we just flew from Berlin to Singapore and it was like a, a huge deal for her. And she ended up getting off the flight and she was like, boom, done. Like I've done that now. And like, and now she's like, where do you want to go? You want to go to Australia? Yeah. Like, let's fly over there. And it's really cute. And it's cool. Cause I feel that too. And it's like, once you start knocking off these, like these, these milestones, you, I mean, I'm, I, people find this all the time with like, like, you know, marathon running and all this stuff and, and you start yeah. completing bigger and bigger goals and you just realize like, like I can do this. It just gives you so much confidence. 
It really does, man. It transitions over to all aspects of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Seriously. Like you wouldn't believe it. I mean, even just you like mentioning like marathon running, like stuff like that. Like, like it's these, it's these goals, these, these things that seem so out of reach or so scary. And once you just get in the habit of just constantly being in an uncomfortable place, you know that nine times out of 10, it's, it's not going to be as bad as you think. And even if you do fail, like if you have the, you know, the courage to get back up and try again and then kind of uh, experience the success side of it. Yep then you realize like that, that makes it all worth it. And then you're just so much more willing to go into these situations. And, and like you said, being privileged, like, uh, yeah, it definitely helps. And I, I think of it as, you know, living a opportunistic life. Um, so every day when I wake up in the morning, one of the things that I'm grateful for is just having the opportunity, Yeah, having the opportunity yeah. to literally create the life I want. Yeah. And not like you said, not everybody in the world has, has that ability, but especially for people here in the States, um, you know, life is good. Life is good. A lot of us, we, a lot of people here grew up middle class and we have so many things available to us and so many ways to do it and go about it. And even if we don't succeed, we're able to do it again. Like seriously, like I've, I just, I wish that people could get more into their head that the life that they truly seek and want is available to them. They just have to be willing to put in the work and be willing to fail and be willing to be uncomfortable and be willing to go on a journey that is going to take time and going to take a little bit of grit and faith. Yeah, right. But if you stick it out, like you can have this amazing life and do all these amazing things that most people would only dream of. Yeah, absolutely. Cool, man. So let's switch it over to the main topic of this show because I feel like we could literally talk forever about dude, traveling. I, I've done a couple of podcasts now, and that's what like everyone tells me. Like, dude, it's been like two hours, man. We gotta we gotta wrap this up. <laughs> it's like, all right. Yeah, yeah. no, seriously. I mean. No, it's awesome too, because especially I feel like this sometimes when I'm talking to other people who haven't traveled a lot, I feel like I'm being cocky when I start yeah. talking about the places that I've been. Yeah, and it, yeah. it's never like that. I just truly want people to like, you know, to understand uh, that like it, you can yeah. you can do it. Yeah, 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 exactly. So when I do find somebody who has traveled, I'm like, oh, you were here, you were here. Tell me about your experiences, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. all this other stuff. So cool. So. We're going to talk about the main topic of this show and the reason that I have you on the podcast because I think what you're doing is so amazing. I'm so excited to see this project that you have going on um, come into full fruition and I'm so excited for everybody else to see it too. The trailer looked absolutely phenomenal. Um, so you are directing um, and filming right now. Well, I guess you're, are you, are you done filming at this point? Done filming, which is crazy. Done filming. Okay. Yeah, done so filming. You're, you were in the last steps here. Oh, uh, um, no, no, no. <laughs> hang no, on. No, okay. Hang on. All right. <laughs> Far from done. Okay. We're, we're done filming, but we're not quite done yet. But anyway, it is a docuseries and it is called Planet Vegan. I just want you to just talk about anything and everything about this docuseries and what we need to know. Okay, so um, Planet Vegan, and it's funny, the, the name just changed. It was, uh, it was Vegan Around the World, the series, and that's actually still the name technically on Instagram because this hasn't really launched yet. Uh, so what it is, it's, it's a five-part documentary series, and it's covering kind of all of the base steps of veganism. So everything from like plant-based um, like wellness and, and athleticism uh, to like vegan events and um, like kind of everything in between, activism and all this stuff. So there's five episodes, and what it's really trying to do is is create a platform where people can learn about veganism without it being this like scary thing. Because like, for example, um, Cowspiracy, that movie changed my life. That is the reason that I, I went vegetarian and I'm sure eventually vegan. And that's like, that was such a game changer for me. And so 
documentaries have so much power, but they also, the ones currently available, if you think about like Cowspiracy, What the Hell, Dominion, Earthlings, beautiful documentaries, so well made, super terrifying. And so yeah, I want something where people can go and learn about veganism and it's not like completely terrifying. I want it to be a little terrifying because I'm not going to hide from like the, the facts, you know, like our world is dying. Our ecosystem is getting close to kicking us, you know, out. And so this isn't, you know, all playful, but at the same time, there's a lot of people having fun with veganism. And I, I want that to be, you know, a really, uh, a part that people see of it too, because, you know, a lot of people are so scared of the V word still. And I want it to be something where not only are people interested now and have a platform to learn about veganism, but also where vegans watch something like this and they say like, holy shit, like I'm proud to be vegan. Like look at all these celebrities who are vegan. Look at all these people who are proud to be vegan because it's good for the, the, the animals, the environment and, and human health. And so I, I, I just wanted to create something that, you know, would, would give veganism a bit of an, an uplifting, you know, spirit and a bit of a facelift because I think we need it. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm sick of people being ashamed to ask for the, you know, the vegan burger at the restaurant when really we should be like, hell yeah, I don't eat animals. I don't, I don't support, you know, the death of, of trillions of animals a year. I don't support, you know, our ecosystem collapsing and I don't support humans being, you know, given, given products that are toxic to their health. So like to be, to be living that lifestyle is something we should all be so proud of. And I, I just want to create a platform where we can all show that, you know, that, that, um, proudness. What, what is the word I'm looking at? That, that, um. Pride. Pride. Yes. Thank you. That, that, that <laughs> pride for veganism that we should all have. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Wow. I, I love that so much. Like you said, veganism le- needs a facelift. Yeah. It really does. And yeah. oh, that, that really resonated with me of like being ashamed to like ask for like the vegan burger. Of course. It's like, it's like when you're vegan, it's almost like, you know, obviously there's extreme ends of, you know, of the movement, but I feel like, especially for myself, like almost sometimes I feel like an apologist where I'm just like, yep, I'm like, oh, like, I, I, yeah, I'm vegan. Sorry like, to I'm inconvenience sorry. you. Sorry to inconvenience you yeah. because I'm, I'm trying to also be a good advocate. I'm trying to not be an inconvenience to people. I want people to think of this lifestyle as, you know, something that is very accessible and easy to do. Yep. And so like, unfortunately now, like, because there is so much stipulation around the world, it's like I do have to sometimes be that apologist to to make my message seem more appealing and non-threatening. Yep. Right. When in all reality, it is a very, very, very important message and is yeah. a time sensitive one as well. And like you said, we should be in this position of like screaming it from the yeah, mountain. Exactly. But if we and scream it, then people will laugh can't. at us, you know, and it's like, yeah, how do we it's 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 a lot about finding that middle ground and like because yeah, this is so important. This is, you know, this is the, I think maybe the greatest issue that we've, you know, faced as a species is the fact that we may not exist in, you know, in what is realistically a few years or something like that. And so we, we need to be finding out new ways of, of, of surviving. And this is one of them. And so we have to find that middle ground of, of, of screaming and, and being too quiet. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's a fine line. It's, it's, that's why it's, it's very, it's, it's very hard to be an effective vegan advocate yeah. because you have to dance that fine line and you really have to dive into the mental side of, of knowing who your audience is, who you're talking to, yeah. um, you know, staying composed while still delivering a message. So um, I'm, I'm sure that the people that you've interviewed on this documentary, I mean, I've seen some of the, the people you've had on. I'm not sure if you can release any names right now, but 
um, you know, some amazing people in the, the plant-based vegan community who do exactly that, who are just amazing voices for this movement. So, you know, I'm super excited for, for people to see this and it's definitely going to be, uh, like you said, a, a positive facelift of this movement. Yep. And if you want, I can, I can throw out just, just for a little bit of like information, people watching. Um, so like, for example, the, like the plant-based health and wellness episode has, uh, Rich Roll, who was like, I could not believe I got that interview. It was amazing. Uh, <laughs> Rich Roll, Dr. Gregor, Dr. Neil Barnard, uh, Cam F. Awesome, who's a U.S. champion boxer, Chef Charity Morgan, who is the plant-based chef for the Tennessee Titans, which is a football team in the U.S. for international viewers. Um, let's see, the, uh, vegan marketplace episode, and there, there's, there's a bunch more I'm not, I'm not, um, mentioning there's like quite a few freaking names in this thing and it's like really hard to keep track that's like that's yeah. the biggest thing is i most of the time i can't even like remember what the five episodes are it's a little embarrassing uh but like the vegan marketplace episode has the ceo of, of beyond meat uh ethan brown and we we kind of like feature um uh beyond meat and all the things they're doing go into like the cultured meat area with mosa meat um new roots cheese which is in switzerland one of the best vegan cheeses i think in the world um yeah, just, I mean, like, I, I tried to get, you know, just as many big names as I can, and I'm really hoping that for season two, after I have, like, something to show, because that was the th craziest thing, like, I could not believe how, like, many people told me, yes, I could come film them, because, like, yeah. they'd be like, you know, can you send me some of your prior work, and I'd be like, no, because I don't have any, and, like, they'd be like, well, you know, okay, you're vegan, like, <laughs> I trust you, <laughs> and it was just the craziest right? thing. It's like the common glue. Who did you learn the most from when you were doing the interviews? Who did I learn the most from? <laughs> you know what was really cool is I actually had a, um, I, I spoke to a doctor, this guy, uh, Dr. Jim Loomis. He's from uh, Physicians Committee of Responsible Medicine, which is the same, uh, which I believe is the, it's the organization, organization that was founded by Dr. Barnard. Yeah. Um, and he, he was really cool because he knew so much about the science side and the, and the health side, of course. He's a, he's a doctor uh, and, and, you know, dietitian, plant-based doctor. And he also knew so much about the, um, the environmental side of things, which I think is pretty rare for a doctor to be also really focused on, on the environmental side. Um, but to be, the, to be honest, uh, Dr. Barnard was the same way. I learned that like Dr. Barnard grew up on a, on a, on a dairy farm and he has personally himself driven, ca driven cattle to the slaughterhouse. Um, and now, of course, he knows all about, you know, the, the egregious acts that happen within slaughterhouses and the ethical dilemma from that. But it was... I think more than anything, I, I learned not to completely blow past this question, but I, I learned something from everybody. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the coolest thing is, is the whole series, the real, the point behind it is to show veganism as a movement of vegans. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, some fringe thing anymore where it's all these crazy people. It's normal people who are just trying to make a positive difference in the world. And I think that that, you know, is is something that needs to be seen. You know, people think that vegans are these crazy people, but really it's becoming this thing where it's not just that. It's, it's your cousin, it's, you know, it's your doctor, it's a lot of different people of different stages and areas of life and arenas of life are, are making the connection and, and therefore making the change as well. I couldn't agree more, man. When is the series going to be coming out and how are people going to be able to watch it? So that's a really good question. Um, I don't know exactly when it'll come out. I had a planned release, uh, a, a release for, for May of 2019. We won't hit that. Um, I, I was just with the editor working on the trailer, of course, and we were going through the footage and it's, it's just so much footage. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a year's worth of footage across, you know, multiple countries and all this stuff. So it's, it's a lot to work through and, and editing is the slow part. Um, but I'm, we're shooting for fall. I think fall is very possible. Um, we're of course, 
I think Netflix is the main goal. Uh, I've had a I've had a couple different companies wow. reach out and and they're and they're very interested in 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 getting it, but they're not as big as Netflix. They're they're country specific. There's a there's a Korean broadcasting company who's interested in putting it in Korea. Um, I have a meeting with them this week, but really I think. Netflix is the goal. Netflix is the is the place where so many people started their vegan journey through maybe what the health or cowspiracy, um, and I, I hope that it, it could you know be a platform for this as well because I think, you know, if you think about what Netflix wants is they want something that's going to get you know guaranteed views, um, and you know veganism is not a cult, but when it comes to like documentary watching, we almost have like a cult like following. And so I think that's a really beautiful thing where we're so supportive for new vegan media. Like I've seen really bad vegan documentaries and I've watched them and been like, that wasn't so bad when they were totally not good. But yeah. I have, you know, like I'll watch them and be like that, you know, I'll give them a lot of slack. And so hopefully people will give me that slack too. Um, but I think that's a big part of it is we have this like very, very, um, you know, supportive movement where people want new media and we want to see veganism doing well. And so I, I hope that, no matter where it ends up, it can it can end up on a platform where it gets viewed more than anything. Because I'm I'm starting to realize, you know, and the editor, you know, pumped me up a lot about this. He got me really excited because you know it's it's hard to be objective with a project like this. It's my baby, and so I've I've been I've spent so much time on it, and it's hard for me to know if it's good or bad. And he saw it and he was like, dude, you like really really have something here. Like this will sell to a network. Um, and I was like, that's amazing. I was like, okay, really? And then we got the trailer done and the trailer I think looks fantastic. And like, I'm, I'm actually happy with something that I did for once. You know, it wasn't just me, of course it was a team effort, but something yeah. that I was a part of. And I'm usually pretty hard on the, on the projects I go for. And I'm actually really happy with the trailer. So I think, I think it has, I think it has a lot of potential and it was hard to see that potential when I was kind of within the project. But now that I've had a couple other eyes on it and things like that, I'm, I'm starting to get a really good feeling about it. Absolutely, man. And I can say from firsthand experience of watching the trailer that you definitely have something special going on here. I mean, it definitely it got me really excited, um, you know, about what you're doing. And I love when something gets me excited about the vegan lifestyle. And the yeah, right. Because it really inspires me to want to keep going on my mission. So I have no doubt that, you know, even if it doesn't land on, land on Netflix, I hope it does, man. I really want to see it there, um, that it's still going to be viewed in mass consumption and everybody's going to love it. So I have no doubt about that, man. So, well, thanks Jake. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, Absolutely, man. Have, have no doubt in your mind. Well, I know we can't talk about it too much because it's still in the working stages right now. So I'll ask you a few more questions here, man, and then we'll wrap it up. Sweet. But obviously you're documenting veganism all around the world. Um, you've gotten to experience it through so many people, through so many different avenues uh, in different places from all walks of life. Where do you think veganism is going to be in 20 years? Ooh, <laughs> man, veganism, uh, 20 years. I would think, I, I honestly kind of have a, a bit of a dark view on it, um, but I think that it's, it's, it's where I am right now. I think that what's going to happen is we're going to see the climate really start to try and kick us off this planet. I think that we've, you know, we've had rent due for a long time and we haven't been paying. And I think that what's going to happen is, is we're going to start seeing huge climate disasters start popping up. And I think at that point, people will start asking the question of like, why is this happening? And I think the fingers will be immediately pointed towards animal agriculture. And I think we could see a complete wipeout of, of at least first world animal agriculture in a few years. Uh, I don't know when this will be. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily how we want veganism to take over. It's certainly not how I want it to, but I think that's, what's going to be the kind of the catalyst to push us very quickly is people taking it seriously. 
for once because it's it's going to be one of those things where human beings were we're really not good at foresight you know we're really not and i think that once we start seeing really push back from the planet that 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 we've been lucky enough to find ourselves on i think people will start to take it seriously and i think it's going to be some become so clearly obvious to anyone that is willing to do even the slightest amount of research that that animal agriculture has to be gone there's no possibility for human beings to live on this planet in the capacity that we currently exist if we continue to farm animals for food it is a nonsensical system and it does not operate in the 21st century and so I think that that's what's going to happen is people are going to start to wake up very, very, very quickly. That could happen in the next five years. It could happen in the next 10. I mean, I think, you know, there, there's, there's a, I don't know the, this, um, whoever was behind this, but there's something called a three and a half percent rule where whenever three and a half percent of a population reaches a certain, or whenever three percent of a, of a movement, I guess, or a, a social uh, justice movement. So for example, like that was the big hit when, uh, for the for the uh, civil rights movement, for example, when about three and a half percent of people started supporting the movement, was when they saw real, real, real rapid growth. And I think we'll see something oh, similar wow. with veganism quite soon. Um, so I would expect, you know, in twenty years, I don't know. I, I can't give an answer because I'm I'm too afraid of being wrong. Um, yeah. But I think that I think over the next few years we will see people start to take it very, very seriously because there will become no other option. Yeah, it's a possibility, and we hope that maybe it doesn't have to happen like that, but unfortunately, that is 100% a, a possibility of happening. So, um, James, any last words or thoughts for the listeners here? If I could say one thing, um, to all of the vegans listening, the most important thing, you know, if I, I would hope that, you know, the more you listen to Jake's podcast, the more you, you really start to realize that this is something that if we don't act on now and get incredibly serious over and really devote our lives to, we could, we could see everything that we care about collapse. And so for every vegan out there that's been afraid to get into activism or they think that it's extreme or anything like that, we really need to be asking ourselves the question of like, when we look back in 20 years, if the world has collapsed, what will we think of ourselves 20 years prior? You know, we want to be the people that, that are changing the world, right? We want to be the people that are, that are doing good and that are not afraid to, you know, ask the hard questions and also, you know, perhaps, you know, be active in hard ways. And so I think every single one of us has a really, really, really profound opportunity right now in the life that we live. And we can push towards a more compassionate world for all beings involved. But we have to act now and the only option is to act now and to act in numbers to get everyone you know on board and to educate and inspire and so if we can do those two things we will see a change in the world and we will see it quickly love it man i couldn't agree more where can people reach you at um so i'm going to be changing my instagram handle right now depending on how soon this posts um actually if you just search james hoot on instagram that's my that's the big, biggest platform i have uh people can find me there it's it's vegan around the world the series is the uh, Instagram handle that is going to be changing to Planet Vegan Doc Doc. So Planet Vegan Doc is going to be the new Instagram handle that'll come in a couple weeks. Um, but for now, if you actually just search James Hoot, I'll probably be the first one that pops up. There's not a ton ton of us around. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a pretty great last name. So. Yes, it is. <laughs> Guys, go give James a follow and keep your eyes and your ears on the lookout for Planet Vegan. When it does come out, I assure you guys it's going to be amazing. The trailer is phenomenal, and I can't wait for you guys to see it, and I can't wait for myself to see the finished product. James, thank you so much for being here on the show, for sharing your insight, for talking about traveling the world, the impact that you want to make, how we can be better activists. I really appreciate it, man. I hope to have you 
back again, uh, maybe when the, the docuseries is finished so you can promote Absolutely. it again. But uh, yeah, man, thank you so much for being here. Great to be here, man. Thanks for so thanks. Wow. I, no, no, no. I'm not letting that be my last words. <laughs> Jake, thanks so much for having me, man. It's been a blast and I uh, can't wait to come back on. Absolutely, brother. Cheers. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed the content of this episode and found value in the message, please share with a family member, a friend, a loved one, anyone you think would also resonate with this message. If you guys like the show, please leave me a rating and review on iTunes. It helps spread the message as far as it possibly can go. And if you guys want to stay updated with me, what I'm doing, and also have a chance to win some prizes, some giveaways, and hear about some exclusive offers, go to my website, www.theveganmanlyman.com, and sign up for my newsletter. My name is Jake Singer, and this is the Vegan Manly Man Podcast.